I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. The podcast. My eyebrows are completely out of control, and here we are. This might help with Matt Bronger. Uh, the uh, Advice Comedy Podcast is what I'm calling it now, because for the longest, I was calling it Comedy Advice Podcast, and boy, I, it is not that. Because <laughs> if there's anything you can't give advice on, it, it, it is that thing. Um, thanks for all your uh, uh, awesome messages and, and calls and uh obviously if anyone has any problems they need uh, not solved by complete and total idiots 323-763-0228 uh with me this episode is one of my all-time favorite comedians and favorite people and he's one of those guys who's always been super chill even though he had a bit of a hard upbringing <laughs> which is which is which is always a bonus when you're a comedian as we all know uh tom the car how are you, man? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me, man. And thanks for the kind words. Sure, I had it I... tough, all right. You know, and I wanted to get into that for a while. What if I just took this over and tried to do my WTF? You just started <laughs> crying and you're like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, we feel like we, we touch on that on that shit on this show, but like, I, I'm never like, so how, you know, like I got uh, Marl Wilson coming on the show uh, in a couple oh, of weeks. Hell yeah. I'm not going to be like, so child star, talk about the trauma. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to do that, you sure, know, like sure. if she brings it up, but only, and I only say that because you, you talk about it in your act and it's very yeah. funny. Yeah. And Man, um, did I talk about that? It's yeah. been so long. <laughs> well, like speaking of been so long, I remember when we first met, you were uh, getting kicked off ESPN.com. Yes. Constantly posting out about how much you loved LeBron Jones. LeBron Jones. Yeah. This was back when I used to have a day job, man. I had, I spent so much time on uh, ESPN message boards, just pissing people off because it was uh, it was the height of people being mad about gay people in sports too yes and that was when i was posting i totally forgot about that but i used to do that i used to post erotic uh gay uh literature like i would just i would write these i would just write these scenes but i would pretend to be on their side i'd be like i think it's disgusting what these people are doing touching each other and then i would go into a deep like i go like by candlelight falling deeper and deeper into each other's arms and then it would always get to that, some that, sort of slobber on favorite. a dick or something so homophobic but he just keeps showing his cards but how <laughs> yeah so into it what was uh um that david cross bit about loot like doing a southern preacher who's like and these gays with their deliciously decadent lifestyle. <laughs> just the deliciously that's added. That's like, so hey, good. Hold on. <laughs> um, and dude, the other thing I was thinking about was when we had that week together in uh, in uh, Toronto, Toronto, right? Yeah. Like that was the best. That was so fun. And so fun. That was a great, great time. I had a week of sold out shows and you opened for me on one. And that was the one I wasn't like, I didn't love my set. And that was the one that got reviewed and the, the <laughs> reviewer did not like my set, but loved you. And like, I was like, Damn. that's the worst, but I remember that's the worst remember, feeling to, to her credit. I remember talking to my therapist about it and he was like, yeah, but it was your least favorite set. Right. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, he's like, well, you can't be mad at her. And I'm like, you're right. I'm not. But 
Yeah, it, it was, was my least favorite set though too. So if I, you th- if you count that, it's like really it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, that was fun. But but like yeah, in, all in all, it was still a good time. But was like I, I remember the only thing that really pissed me off about it was the fact that she singled you out. <laughs> like like the, the better comic was <laughs> with far so less absurd. time, and I was like, yeah, but that's like anytime we. I think almost every comic I know has had that night where they're like eh, not great and like someone who's leaving that's drunk I mean, oh Al madrigal, yes. Al madrigal lit into a lady once for saying this to him after a show where she was like the opener was funnier than you and he was like i did an hour he did seven minutes you had your yeah. fucking mind and like uh, i just i'm not built like that like it happened to me once someone said that sure. to me i was sick by the way and uh excuse upon excuse upon excuse <laughs> I was sick and this this lady like walked out drunk with her boyfriend and was like pointed at the guy next to me like mm-hmm. the, the the host and was like he was funnier and like kept walking and I was like thanks have a good night like I was just like just I'm just gonna kill him with kindness I'm not yeah that's not- the only thing to do dude that that happens at almost every comedy club weekend that happens to somebody like it's it doesn't matter who the headliner is, who the opener is I've had it happen both ways as the opener and the headliner yep. the word dude I had it so bad in Bloomington. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know if you remember this, but at, with, after the show at the comedy attic, when the host yeah. gets done, they go downstairs and they have to hand out flyers to whoever's yes. to whoever's coming down the stairs, but people can't see that you're standing down there. Cause you're around a corner. And so back when I used to host over there it's, it, or do two man shows or something, I would just be sitting down there waiting for somebody to hurt my feelings. And it would happen so often. I remember these fucking people and I was opening for Tim Wilson, who, rest in peace, uh, sadly passed away. He was a very funny guy, but he was like a country, he, he had a very country audience. He had, sure, he, he would sure. do songs and he had like a cowboy hat and stuff. It was his, his Bob and Tom guy, you know, uh, yeah. for people who don't know Midwest uh, radio show that uh, it doesn't matter, but it was not a good match. Cause I was, you know, I was 22 or whatever. I was talking about Pokemon cards, whatever. It didn't matter. Sure. People coming down the stairs. And I just hear them one after another going, what a great show it was. And then this one couple is like, oh, that was the best show I've ever seen in my life. That Tom guy sure sucked, though. And then right then they catch my eyes. Like they turn the corner and I have to just go have a good night. And they're missing their teeth and they they fucking yeah, see. I'm still mad about it. It didn't matter at all. It's It means nothing. But okay. I just kill them with kindness. Yeah, I, I remember when I did uh new faces in 2007 they filmed our like practice sets the night before and like i remember going to myspace that's how old i am <laughs> and like they and there was under everybody's video were literally 2000 you suck comments not one positive and uh, it was the thing where i was like oh i guess i suck you know mm-hmm. like because it was just like why are people so mean? <laughs> but it's that thing where people will just fucking shit on you yeah. if there if there's a distance. If there's any kind of different distance, and they think of you having been on stage as a distance. They go, that's yes. a person who was on stage earlier. They can yeah. take it. They played that character, and then they think they can say whatever they want to you. I stopped reading comments because oh, even no. on a set, even if it's ninety nine point nine percent positive. Uh, there'll be one comment that pisses me off and that I just stopped. I think it's claw into you as it's yeah. fall. You know, Dude, like- you, you know what stopped me and that, not to get into the advice too early, but uh, I was listening to, Con- I think it was Conan's podcast 
he had okay. Will Ferrell on, and Will Ferrell had just done uh, that movie, like Sherlock and uh, whatever Holmes yes. and Watson or whatever. Yeah, and he was talking about how he he can't read, he doesn't read anything, and he was like, "It's not because I'm above it." He was like, "It will ruin me." And yeah. I was like, "If Will Ferrell feels that way, who no. the fuck am I? Why do I think I'm above that?" Well, and I always thought, you know, every actor you grew up reading interview, like I, I was always, I was always an acting nerd growing up and like watching the Oscars and shit and like, you know, dreamed of, you know, being on everything from serious, you know, drama to Saturday Night Live and, and things like that. But every actor in every interview was like, I don't read reviews, you know? Yeah. And I always thought, oh, cool. You don't want to let that, that affect your artistic vision. <laughs> yeah. No, they probably just don't want their soul crushed. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, it's like this: you put in what you what you can into it, and you 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 can't just let some some rando like yeah steal all your joy. Oh, of course, dude. This uh, that same weekend, some guy came up uh, on my show. I had my buddy Mike Carraza opening, and right. somebody came up to him. They said something weird to me. Not like it was just kind of a dig at. Uh, at what like a premise or something which i was like whatever then he says to my opener he was like you know you just weren't very funny and he like wanted to have a whole conversation and i told mike i was like mike there's no reason for you to continue talking to this person we don't owe this guy shit Walk he, away. he saw the show let's end it now he's a he's a drunk idiot who cares right and i'm my, a drunk idiot i know me too i can see yeah. it my, my uh my i used to love messing with um Japanese friends that I've made because it's if they come from such a culture of politeness where like uh uh I would do I would do the, the Matt Matt Dwyer had this move when he was bartending which is just start talking about anything so uh the Yankees <laughs> uh, fucking, oh no <laughs> like you're so Dude, that's a great about. move my thing would they would I, I'd be uh-huh like a Japanese friend uh-huh yeah no nothing I'm doing nothing and they would laugh <laughs> so hard and go so rude because it's like they don't it's just like that is just a beautiful move do that move on one of those fuckers yeah viciously i I had the one time i've really i usually take it in stride and i'll be like okay yeah that's you can't say that to me though that's not i don't take that as a compliment or whatever even if they're like you were better you were better this woman i won't say i was who i was opening for but this woman came up and I've, i've had this where sometimes women are fine invading your physical space because you're a man. They're mm-hmm. touching you. They're Absolutely. Shit. Yeah. Like, no one fucking said you could touch me. Yeah. I don't care how drunk you are. Don't touch me, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm not going to do some bullshit, you know, like double standard, like well, no, no. get arrested, but it's just like, just don't touch people. It's, it's up. fucked up. Dude. Can I tell you? I did that just popped say, up. Say, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. She, she, no, she just comes up and she goes, I will tell you, you, Ups my face mm. and goes and like this close and was like you were so much funnier than I'm like you have to stop touching me right uh, now. It was just like oh both hands. Ugh. Like I would uh, rather her not touch me and go you sucked so bad. Can I just tell you how bad you were? You were terrible. You know like and not get touched. Yeah, <laughs> like she's well, me. she's invading space. And I think both of us uh, have acts where it's like we're pretty self-deprecating. We talk about how goofy and silly we are, and we we seem very uh, like like that's something you can do to us a little bit. Where it's like we're very yeah, approachable, approachable, and it it is so wrong to just ah. Uh, it's like I don't want you to touch me. Yeah. I had a guy in Texas 
I'll never forget this because it was the same thing. He was telling me that I was funnier or whatever than uh, whoever else was on or whatever. And he did this fucking thing that I'll never forget where he, his friend, he goes, can I get a picture? And I was like, yeah, whatever. As his, as his girlfriend, he goes to take the picture. He fucking scooped me in his arms. Like he was a big guy and he just scooped me. And I was like, what the fuck, man? I didn't say you could do that. And he was like, yeah, I knew if I asked, you'd say no. And I was like, all right, well, have a good night. You got me there. (laughs) Yeah. Does that also extend to your uh, sexual proclivities? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. And we have those personas, but really we're fucking tough guys. And I almost cut his ass. That's like me and you. We're crazy. Yeah. We're crazy, man. I, I, I keep two, uh, uh, suitcases when I go one for clothes, one for my fucking chainsaw with steel. I've killed men. I think do it. one guy's allowed to just lift up other guys in that shack. Like, yeah, hear, that's it. Because then it's up. like a favor to you. You have a cool picture for us. Funny, it. like he did that to Dax Shepard. He like picked him up, like, he grabbed his arms, just lifted him up like a little kid and moved him. <laughs> and he was like, and Dax is like, Dax is like my height, he's like six four. And he's like, that mm-hmm. was the funniest moment of my life. <laughs> Like, I just had this monster lift me up and, and throw mm-hmm. me around. Shaq's you know? earned it. Shaq's earned it, whereas this weirdo had not. It's, it's it, insane. It's so funny when you're talking about, like, like the guys you don't think are, the guys you think are tough or aren't tough. I was thinking about, like, you know, I was a big hip-hop, still am, fan growing up and stuff. And uh, and uh, it's so funny that NWA, who, when I was a kid, I was like, these guys actually, they literally kill people driving to the studio. Like, driving. Yeah. They, they get a blowjob and they shoot two guys and they go in and do a song. <laughs> like part of me believed that. Like, I, I, I just fully believe Easy e was a psycho. Not yeah. a business. You know, they just knew, but they just knew what, what sold. Fuck the police. Like you saw the movie, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, uh, actually, no, I've not seen Straight Outta Compton. Okay. Which is crazy. Just, I need to see that. I've completely they, forgot. It's great. It's great. But it's full of shit. They mm-hmm. pull over, uh, you know, NWA in front of the studio and they're like, get on the ground and, you know, pop them and shit and like jerry heller uh played by paul giamatti comes out he's like what is this you don't get to cuff my artists and they they and they go in and they just feel dehumanized and ice cube's like i got a song he wrote he writes fuck the police fuck the police was literally wrote after they joyrided around shooting paintballs at people they were just shooting paintballs and the cops fucking cop like got him and they're like <laughs> And they wrote a fuck the police. It was like racism. And like, they're, yeah, and like, whereas really it's like you were being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, and that's not hard. That's not yeah. fucking tough to shoot someone with a paint gun. <laughs> that sucks shit. I'd be so mad if I were right. one of the people who got hit by a paintball that day. And I'm like, oh, and then they wrote a fucking awesome song. God I'm, damn it. I'm covered in paint and I'm, I have a bruise that looks like a, <laughs> a rubber bullet. On the flip side, De La Soul, and if you listen to uh, Mike Eagle's podcast, what had happened was where he just mm-hmm. interviews um, Prince Paul for like seven episodes about all the hey cat, uh, <laughs> about all the uh, about all the the, the the albums he's produced, and he was talking about you know he produced Three, Three Feet High and Rising with De La Soul, and that album had daisies all over it. And people called him hippies. De La Soul's really big guys. And they would, people would be like, you're soft. They, he was like, they were beating people up weekly. <laughs> and I'm just like, and nobody knows that. And that, that makes me laugh so hard. That That's it's like, so funny. Ugoi the Dove was just burying punches in, <laughs> and then going on stage like me, myself, and I. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. I just don't That's know. That's so funny. I, that thing you said about like, you just took it, that they were killing people. Yeah. I did the same thing and I realized I was walking to the street the other day and I was listening to Nas 
and I realized like, oh, all this time I've just been assuming he did murder a bunch of people. And then I looked it up and I was like, it, I found this list that was like rappers who have actually murdered people. And it was like, I didn't know like any of them, but Nas was certainly not on that list. And maybe no. he didn't, it's just not, they didn't get caught, but it seems, it the, seems strange that it would be like. The only one I can think of offhand is C murder because his name is C murder. <laughs> that's a, that's an easy one to remember. <laughs> true. True. Yeah, no, agreed. Like Nas is Nas comes from a, you know, his, his father's a music, musician. I think his mother's a writer. And so he's just got that artistic head, but he could mm -hmm. kind of, you know, write a, write a, write a novel about the streets in a sense yeah. from the first person perspective. But yeah, no, when you're a kid, you're just like, Oh man, you guys, how do you have time to write songs when you're killing people? All day? <laughs> That's exactly it, it. It was one of those things. Like, have you heard Bergazzi's joke about the John Doe thing where it's like 30 years later, he realizes that these people he met were not named John and Jane Doe and they were probably <laughs> lying to him. That's, that's how I heard, felt. But that's a Nate joke in a nutshell. It's nut. so funny. Uh, but I, I think about that bit all the time and I, I clicked then. I was like, I've just been walking around assuming <laughs> this person was like, oh, I just murdered somebody. Better pin this, <laughs> this song. Better yeah, write a poem. <laughs> I'm sure there were people that listened to Country Western and were like, I don't know about Johnny Cash. He mm -hmm. shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. He Which said is so. Fucked up. He did say that. You know, and like Hank Williams wasn't probably eating jambalaya by the bayou. That was just a song. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad day though, man. Yeah. So like I saw that you were doing you're doing shows with at, at the attic with with a mask on. Yeah. And it was I saw your clip about what if Biden talked shit, which is super funny. Thanks, my um, man. Because that's something I've thought about a lot. Where it's just like that's the problem with Trump. You can't meet him halfway. You can't be like, well, fuck no. Because then everyone's like, oh, yeah, our side wouldn't allow it. How dare yeah. you? You know, yeah. And it's what, like, it's and neither would that, theirs. That's that's yeah. the that's the bullshit. Mm -hmm. But it's it's funny to think about. It's just like, yeah, Biden's like eighty. Why not just drop the pretense and be like, once you suck my dick? Don't yeah, I? that's all I want. Just Bullsh and then. And now we just have a wrestling match. Like it's of, yeah. of language, but yeah, it's uh, it sucks that it's like our guy is the one who says, keep yapping, man. <laughs> and then we're like, wow. Oh yeah, get him. That was cool. The fact that we have to pretend it's cool is what really bothers me. And it's, it's, it's living hypocrisy because it's a thing where Six months before, we were all like, fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> I like sure. Bernie Sanders or whoever the or Elizabeth Warren, whatever. And then we all have to be like, hell yeah. I, the day that he won, there was a funny thing where there was all these politicians that we all make fun of all the time in the park celebrating with everybody. And it was like, one of them took their mask off to like sing or something. And I was like, put your, you, this is bad optics for you, brother. And also, oh, uh, this is so lame, but we were just happy. It was yeah. just celebrating the Trump. Oh, yeah. I, I was in my, my wife and I drove across the country with our newborn because that's what you do. It's smart and it's safe. You got to do it. Um, yeah, we snapped, but we were on the way back and we um, we were uh, in New Orleans when they called it. I remember we were mm -hmm. in the hotel room and I was just like, it was a thing where I was just like, I mean, it's like I knew he won and I was like, I, I was I was that asshole that was like screaming at the TV for three days and like tweeting. Oh, we call it. God fucking damn it. I feel like we all were. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when they called it, like I, I felt we went and had a champagne lunch and the kid that waited on us, I was like, you working tonight? And he's like, nope. And I'm like, you got party plans. He's like, 
Oh yeah. You're like in <laughs> New Orleans, a waiter, 20 yeah. something. I was like, this kid's going to fucking go nuts. They all, yeah. why wouldn't yeah. you know? Of course. And it I was, mean, it Brooklyn was, was insane. To be. I can't imagine. But like most, most people were like, but you, every like seventh person, they were just like, you'd see him on the street. Just like, Nope. <laughs> is it it? It's a, that is a red state. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Was, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it was like, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the fucking garden district. I'm in the French quarter, a lot of mm-hmm. black people. <laughs> like none of them were like, Oh, and I feel like for the most part, New Orleans is a city where people yeah. are going to be like, yeah. hell yeah. Uh, it's a bubble. It's, yeah. it's for sure a bubble. Yeah. Um, for sure. But man, like have you done, have you done other clubs with the mask on? Uh, I, I kind of, uh, haven't been doing any stand. I don't know if you've heard, but it's been a really rough year for me. Um, a lot of my gigs went away. Yeah. So, uh, this is my character comic who thinks he got canceled and doesn't realize that there's been a pandemic. Yeah. All my work disappeared. You, you sold it so hard. I was like, did something fucking come across the wire? (laughs) Don't hire Tom. Like some, (laughs) yeah, it's been really tough for me out there. A lot of my work disappeared over the last year. I I did. I did like an outdoor show, like 15 minutes set. And I wanted, fuck, you just reminded me. I wanted to fucking go up there and be like, you know, I appreciate you guys being here. Despite what just came out in the New York times about five minutes ago. about (laughs) Play it deadpan. There's always people, a couple of people that know me, but most of them probably don't. And just to be like, wait, shit. And there's a guy going around taking pictures because it's one of those like, <laughs> it's one of those like cool shows run by a young person that knows what they're doing. Yeah. So they'll put pictures up for like a couple of weeks after and get from, you know, people that are good at social media, sure. the youth. So, you know, I just like, if, if they just see the camera going off and they're like, what the fuck? You're going to be in an article. It's just <laughs> you do and then never talk about it anymore <laughs> just move on do just silly ass jokes it, i had i had langston kerman on here we were talking about like the dark parts of our past and he's just like you don't have it and i'm like sure i do i've been creepy to women and stuff but like you know just like a uh, a drunk idiot where i looked stupid you know hopefully more than they felt uh you know um uncomfortable but i'm sure mm-hmm. i did I, i've definitely made women feel uncomfortable that said I was like, if Langston Kerman was like, I did some bad stuff, I'd be more surprised to find it about his history than mine. Like if someone told yeah. me something I did blacked out a long time, I'd be like, oh no, really? <laughs> You're that same way. Like you and Langston are both like yeah. such like chill dudes. I would be like, wait, what? Mom <laughs> was drugging women? No way. <laughs> I'd also be pretty shocked myself, but yeah. uh, I, I would- Langston even more. But, and also, I mean- Blankson's just the handsomest motherfucker alive, so you just can't imagine him doing a bad thing ever. He, but who he knows? is a devastatingly so he's handsome. He's probably a bad guy. Not even devastating. <laughs> very comfortably handsome. He's nice mm-hmm. to be around. He's good to look at, you know? Also, God, he killed it. And uh, The Boys uh, season yes. uh, two is so goddamn good for people so who good. have not seen it. I was so psyched when I found out he was going to be in it because it's one of my favorite shows of the past couple of years, and he sure. killed it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know he was in it. Um, I just he just showed up as like the Hawkeye guy, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, so great. I would I would so much rather be the the, the Hawkeye guy, not called Hawkeye, than actually Hawkeye. <laughs> I know, <laughs> absolutely, so much cooler. So, um, so much cooler. Have, I I I wanted to get back on the thing because you asked and I made a, a joke, but I like I legit have gone been losing my mind. I've been doing Zoom stand up here and there, but I <laughs> the attic was the last I 
you know what it is when we could do outdoor shows i was all about it i was doing all of them i did go bananas that was outside oh cool in cincinnati uh because when the summer hit and the numbers were going down i got an offer to do a club in michigan and then there was like a scare within the building and i got spooked and it was yeah. a thing where you're driving home and you're like i drove i drove because i was like i want to be safe and then the whole drive home it's like you know 13 hours or whatever 15 hours something like that i'm just panicking because i'm like oh my god if i gave this uh, if I gave this to my partner, I'd feel so upset. I'd feel so stupid. Yeah. Uh, and then it turned out I didn't have it, but it was still, it just scared me enough to not want to do a bunch of indoor shit during yeah. it. And then I did the attic cause it was like, you know, that's my home club. And I just trust that. Like I, the, they were like, look, everybody's wearing a mask on stage here. And I did it. And honestly, it kind of made me go, this isn't that weird. It, it wasn't as weird as I thought it would be. Well, I mean, it, it's, uh, it would kill my ass because mine's all faces. Goofy That's faces. what, see, I thought the same thing about myself. I legit. No, I, you didn't mean that. <laughs> no way. I was like, legit, like, oh, I make so many faces. This is going to fuck me. It's gonna, it's gonna, people are going to leave this uh, week going. I knew that guy was full of shit. <laughs> I knew it was just all him making a goofy ass face. I feel like, you know, how like Jerry Seinfeld was like, his fame gives him two minutes of leeway, like two minutes of bomb. The comedian thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with it. You can, you can do goofy faces for maybe two minutes and then you, you better have something behind that. Mask. Yeah. You know, that would work behind a mask. You better. It's so funny to me to accuse my friends of only having faces because a lot of us do just make silly faces a lot of the time yeah. and it is funny i do it a lot but my buddy ben moore is a comic from bloomington i remember i made him so mad because we did the road together and he told me he wrote a new joke and i was like oh what face is it like do you want to show it to me and then i just was telling him to make the face that he does to do it and he was like you piece of shit and then he did it from state murdering this new bit and he what? just made a little goofy face at me and it's just nice. killing so funny dude i love silliness it's like if someone can do like you know like the dumbest like i saw a barb and star go to vista del mar it's so fucking dumb but it's so funny and i love how dumb it is and how it just just barrels through being way. dumb is the funniest thing in the world and the smartest people play dumb the best and it's and, it's great yeah. you you can't i mean i talk i I've, I've said this before but like i always heard the story of like you know when i was in the improv scene in chicago there was like play to the height of your intelligence and like when chris farley auditioned for the touring company at second city he walked on stage and like stage tripped and just crushed the table <laughs> and they're like well we have to hire this guy like <laughs> there's nothing smart about that but it's like yeah brought down the house you know it's the best i, I love i love fucking my, my friend had a my friend drew we'll get to the, the calls after this but my friend my friend drew hancock who's a writer went on, on channel 101 he had a he had a uh one of this series about a, a a paralyzed dude who solves crimes with the help of his like dude that like wheels him around and his name is shitcock pi and like there's a there's a scene where at the end of the episode they catch the criminal and the cops are there and the dudes the criminal's cuffed on the ground and they they have not meant they've not no one's like said how his name is funny nothing very end of the episode and the and the, the detective goes great job shitcock and the dude cuffed on the ground goes and that's it and it's just that's that <laughs> one 
dude, it's like off on the ground, like, <laughs> like that. It's just fucking killed me. It's like, that's, like, because it's so. It's just that's dumb, so good. Dumb humor. Dumb right. is dumb is my favorite shit in the world. I love, I love it. it. But so, do you get uh, do you get asked advice? I ask everybody this before. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm not going to go too deep into it because I feel like it'll bore everybody. The only thing I get asked advice about is stand up because I hosted that comedy central Stand Up podcast. And so people email me a lot asking either for recommendations on stand up, which I love, or they'll ask me how to start stand up, which is the hardest thing in the world during a pandemic. But I just, I, I give everybody the same advice, which is just find a find a way like sign up for a, any kind of open zoom open mic or whatever sure. and just do it but yeah that's the only type of advice people ask me for i think most people know not to come my way uh unless they want to find out uh how to play nba 2k uh, a little <laughs> better well there you go okay so on that note uh as always callers know we haven't heard any of this in the, beforehand i don't know what's coming tom doesn't know what's coming renee let's roll the first call Hey, Bronger. Uh, Brendan and Savannah. Saw you had Tom Scar on. I'm a huge fan of his podcast, Stand By Your Band. Uh, so I'm going to uh, ask for advice, kind of based in that area. Um, guess to both of you, what band um, did you unequivocally love uh, in your teenage years that you're having trouble defending now as a full-grown adult? And how do you defend them when you defend them? Isn't simply, oh, I was a teenager. What do you do? Thanks, buddy. Interesting. Okay. Great question. I feel like I should say, just so people who don't know about that podcast know, Stand By Your Band is a podcast where we have people defend music that they like that people make fun of. So this is like exactly what the podcast is, basically. Uh, and this is a good question because Matt, I've been hounding your ass to be on the pod. So yeah, I'll, I'll be on. I'll be on. Uh, yeah, I need to get. That reminds me, I got to get time for you for a hell month. yeah. But yeah, but oh, yeah we've also been doing a thing where people defend or just defend a band that's underrated too. So we're opening up the the thing a bit, but that's tough, man. Because I don't know if you do this, with Matt, but I go in waves. I had this era of deep shame about shit that i was really into like i'll t- i'll say right now i loved maroon five the song the album songs about jane sure. it meant so much to me as yeah. a you know 18 17 year old whatever or no 16 year old uh and i i was obsessed with it and uh through like a, for a few years i still i honestly i think if i went back and listened to it i would still love a lot of it but i can't I, it would be very difficult for me to defend Maroon 5 other than that uh, those songs uh, really moved me as a young man. And, I mean, I will, uh, say, you know. I will say my friend who I grew up with, uh, when I think that album came out, would that have this love on it? Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's full of hits. We, yes, but I, that song in particular, I did, I wasn't familiar with them and we had gone out and I was like, I'm just gonna sleep at your house, you know, doing the safe thing. And I went up to the attic and I went to sleep or I was going to sleep and he comes up, he's like, wait, you gotta listen to this. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Don't judge, listen to this song. He puts the headphones on, he plays that song. And I'm like, all right, you know what it is. It's definitely a bop. That song mm-hmm. was the biggest thing ever, but it's like, but at the, I, I still have that part of me. It's just like, 
Why couldn't you have played this when I was comfortably drunk and wasted <laughs> and just wanting to pass out? Yeah. I'll always remember that for that song for that. You know, yeah. but like, dude, I thought you're gonna pick something way. You know who you know who they asked who like uh on like I think on um on K Day, the hip hop station in LA here. Uh-huh. They, like, they had the game on, you know, that scary yeah. I remember the game. Yeah. Uh and, and they were like uh they were like the guy was like, hey, man, what what like uh, CD in your car or, or, or album in your car you, would you be embarrassed by? It? He's like, oh, man, you might find some room five in that bitch. And it was oh, like, oh, shit. So like, I thought I you were going to say that. way more embarrassing. I think. Well, I have a lot of them. Your but... generation, generally speaking, are you are like Limp Biscuit? you know, see, that really- never occurred, appealed to me. And we had Mike Racine on our show to defend him. And a, and a Limp Bizkit has caused a lot of problems in my life where <laughs> the most, one of the most dramatic episodes of the show was Mike Racine on that because we didn't like it. And he got really upset. And then, uh, sure. in our live show, I, we do a thing called battle of the bands where we do like a tournament and, uh, wow. and each person's representing a different band. And this per the, our buddy, Charlie was defending, uh, this, this guy, uh, Stan Rogers, who sings like shanties or whatever, and yeah. against Limp Biscuit, and I picked St- Stan Rogers, and a woman stood up and said that I shouldn't be allowed to vote on our show. Like a woman in the audience, like she had to be kicked out because she wanted Limp Biscuit to move on. It was oh, insane. That is awesome, dude. That's called <laughs> that's called making an impact. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I was like, you know, this doesn't matter, right? It doesn't. Dude, I mean, I hated Limp Biscuit when they were out. I don't hate them now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't really hate them as much now. It's just like, I just, I'm old and I'm I like, I don't waste my hate, you know? And, yeah. and I mean, I, I was like this, these guys like just fucking run with black culture and like, but like, remember I was on Josh Adam um, Myers. Josh, uh, yeah. Uh, show me doing this police album that i really love and talk about it and we're i was like you know i made some i was joking about limp biscuit he's like man no i saw him live they're amazing and stuff i was like great i'm sure it was a rocking show you know it's like i'm sure it was insane and nuts and all the stage diving you can fucking fit in a bowl but like (laughs) you know i mean it's like and i i i grew up fucking going to punk shows scared as fuck like never stage dive too big but like definitely would mosh sometimes badly. But like when they came out and they were just like, we do this now. And it was like, fuck all of you guys. But I can't, There, I feel like it's a thing where it's too easy a target. It's just- Sure, sure. So I, I, love, I love when people pick shit that's just like, that makes people angry that you like it. So yeah. it's like, you know. Dude, I mean, going the, a, a big part of the podcast is that the owner of the comedy addict, uh, Jared Thompson, huge snob and hates most of the music that i i mean we agree on a lot of things like we both love the national and there's a bunch of bands that we totally line up on but there's a lot of shit that i love like i the first two third eye blind albums are like i still fucking listen to those and i think they're great and he would put them on a he thinks that they are one of the worst bands of all time of course he does and like (laughs) remember when they came out i was like this is crap but it's it doesn't make me sad. And I I was I was bartending. I was waiting tables in Chicago, and I remember the fucking uh, um, semi charmed life, which yes. was ubiquitous. It right. was the shares believe of its time. It was 
what would be the equivalent now. I can't even think of a song that would be as as everywhere with, as that one was. But I remember, you know, if, if you if you go to Wrigleyville in Chicago, you know, um, yeah. there's a there's a bar every 0.5 inches there <laughs> inside of every bar. There's a bar and like probably in the Starbucks. There's you know, it's like it, it, there's it's inescapable on Clark Street, and a Cubs game is just the most the most red-faced, barfing, drunk white people. And I remember going with my friend Rob, and I loved going to those games and getting drunk at those games, uh, but like w- w- like that song would play and I would go, Wrigleyville, Wrigleyville, Hill, Wrigleyville. Because <laughs> they would just, they'd be like, yeah, it's our song. Like, and no one sang Wrigleyville to it. And I did it to make fun <laughs> of that band and Wrigleyville. So That's it's like, really owe them a debt. You know? It's it's almost like uh, a generation's don't stop believing. It feels like to me, uh, and I I like Journey too, but I yeah. I I can't help it. I and I I'm one of those people who it's like all the it's it's almost every track I like from those two albums, and then I they yeah. totally lost me. Totally. Uh, album four and uh, in the middle of album three, but yeah, I I didn't even know they had that. I can't, it's one of those things where it's hard for me to defend it because, and I, if on the show we have a, we have a comic like make a playlist basically that is like, here, listen to these songs, give it, give it a chance. Right. And right. I, I think I could do that with third eye blind and I maybe with maroon five, but it'd be hard. It'd be much yeah. harder with maroon five. I'm dry, I mean, the, the thing I can think of is like, I remember I, I sang let's chill by guy to my girlfriend over the phone uh so like that's embarrassing if there was ever a recording of that um and uh but great band guy not embarrassed i can't think of anything i'd be that maybe it's funny i was walking my kid my daughter who's six months old and i put in the ear pods and i was like i wonder if i can find all damn day by mac dre uh and it was just just a, a bay area rapper violently you know, misogynistic and all that shit. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm pushing my, my six month old girl listening to a dude say, I want your lipstick on top of my dick tip. <laughs> so it's like, would I be embarrassed to like play that in company? Yes. But that song bangs. Like if I had to pick a thing I was embarrassed, I'd be embarrassed about is probably like the, the misogyny and homophobia of like the rap music I grew yeah. up with. You know, that's tough. And it's yeah. still, but it's like, it, I still, there were, I, I, you know, it's not like I'm going to go back and listen to two live crew on ironic. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that good, but yeah. there were like some stuff, but it's like, there were, there were rappers who I remember into my adulthood stayed on that shit. And I was like, we're done. I can't listen anymore. Like I, I respect Sadat X and Big Daddy Kane for taking back their homophobic lyrics and being like, I don't do that song that was fucked up of me. I was, you know, I was 18 years old. That was, you know, like that was, you know, dumb. you know, so like, it's like, okay, yeah. cool. you grew. Cause it's like, well, it's I kinda... said the word faggot when I was a kid. Yeah. I'm not out of that at all. You right. know, but it's, it's, it's like, but it's like, a, it's kind of like a John Roy's bit about how we use it as an insult. Didn't know what it meant. It's like, your bike is gay. Like how could a bike be gay? What does that mean? <laughs> But anyway, that so yeah. that that would that would probably be mine, and that would be hard to de- hard to defend in a lot True. of ways. 
you know. But it's it's I was about to say with rap, it's so hard because yeah. so much of it is like just saying the most biting thing you can. And I was about to say it's almost nice because like I Tupac was one hundred percent my guy uh growing up. Like I, I was so into him and he's done all kinds of fucked up shit that I don't agree with or like, yeah. but he's dead, so I don't have to think exactly. about it. There you go. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay, on that note. Uh, <laughs> Hope that helps. <laughs> that helps, everybody. Uh, caller number two. Hey, Matt. Um, so, last Wednesday, I cheated on my wife of 10 years. I've since started going to AA, but I want to know, how do I go about making things go back to normal? That'd be awesome if you've got any advice. Thank you very much. Have a good one, man. You too, buddy. Holy shit. That's, that's the thing, man. You know, people I, people don't know for the, they listen to the show for the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's all. Listener, that was a hard left turn we just took down. <laughs> I feel like, Tom, you and I were on Bourbon Street all this time. <laughs> laughing. Some songs, talking sure. some shit, talking about things that happened to us. We're a mm-hmm. better now. And then we just turned and now we're like, Oh no. <laughs> you gotta put down our hurricanes for a second and go. <laughs> all right, let's dig in. Fuck. I mean, first of all, caller, thanks for your honesty. And yeah, uh, thanks for, as I always say, getting to the point and being specific. I'm gonna assume your wife knows that you cheated on her. Um, and you're going to AA. Congratulations and fantastic. Your life is going to change for the better. I drink, Tom drinks. But I know I've scaled my alcohol uh, intake way back and my life is so much better for it. Um, And my friends who are sober, their lives have gotten so much better. And I will say there are people on here, I'm sure that are listening that are just like, uh, fuck this guy, he's blaming alcohol. Well, I will say one thing, the first thing alcohol affects is your judgment. And the more you drink, the more of your judgment it takes away. Ben Roy has a great uh, bit who who is sober and just got his brown belt in jujitsu. Congrats. Oh, man. Congrats. And um, it's funny, brown belt in drinking. No. Hmm. Uh, But he 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 had a bit that that, that was like, it would would kill, but it was also so harsh where you'd get on stage and be like, who's drinking? Be like, woo. And he's like, you ever get so fucked up this? You ever see? And people are like, yeah. And he's like, you ever get so fucked up you cheat on the only woman you've ever loved and forever ruin her perception of you? And you spend your life trying to win it back. Like it's this long Wow, thing. this like, really lines up. up. It just goes, whoop, and it's gold. Um, so that's, that was- like, I think you just found this man his favorite new comedian because oh, that, yeah. that's right up this guy's alley. I'm going to throw it to Tom, but I will say you can't get it back to normal. Uh, there, there really kind of is no normal, but you can go to somewhere better than where it is right now. Let me yeah. just, because you're, you're confronting the fact that you have a problem. You let that problem take hold. It happens. It, you, did a, you did a terrible thing, as you know, and all you can go is forward and, and hopefully you can build up the trust. That's all I'll say. The idea of like going back to normal. I, yeah. I, don't, really know what, I don't know what that means after that. I, even if you didn't cheat on your, in your wife, if you hit the point where you realize you had a problem, 
and you're like, okay, how do I get back to the way it was? You won't. Don't, don't right. look at it that way. Just look at how you can get better than you are now. That's it. So. Yeah. And 10 years is a long fucking time. And, yeah. you know, uh, it could go either way on you. It could be that it, you know, is it. And, and if that's the case, maybe that's just what needs to happen. And you'll, you'll be fine. You, which, what you need to know is you'll be fine either way in the long run. I think, I think that that always helps because I, you know, I went through, uh, I, I had a broken engagement, not because of my own, uh, cheating, but I've been cheated on before. And, you know, both parties years later, completely fine. So it's, it's, I think what's important is if you really think that it's, uh, your drinking was the problem and that's why you, you know, why you cheated like that, then yeah, maybe that's something you should look into, but there's, there could be more to that. Uh, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, I think it's good of you to take steps in the right direction and to be honest about it. Uh, I, I don't know the details of, you know, we don't know the details of it, no. which I think are yeah. maybe important here, but it's, yeah, you know, yeah. one way or another, just, yeah, I think Matt, I think is totally right. There is, no normal to get back to but what you can get to is something functional and that's all that really we have you know is, ah. is being functional yeah and being the thing that i've found that's helped me when when i've like the, that helped me scale back drinking is kind of just it's sounds like yoga ish or zen whatever but it's like just being in the moment and not being not drinking my way to a place i want to be just trying to be in that place and having a couple drinks and then being like, oh, this is nice. You know, I, I, had a, I had a joke in my act for the longest time about how the amount of weed I smoke is like the amount of salt you put on your eggs, just a sprinkle, just a touch. Yeah. Like, because I don't smoke weed. And so if I do smoke weed, I smoke a little. I'm like, fuck, I'm on Mars right now. Yeah. Now I'm kind of treating drinking like that more, where I'm just like, this is just a little something for me, a little treat at the end of the week. It's not that thing where I, 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 I get done with the day and go, oh, it's time for beers. You know, mm -hmm. like it's just because it's just it's just at, a, at that point, it's wasted calories. What am I doing? Yeah, the calorie thing is big. That is. Uh, yeah. So think about that, buddy. You're going <laughs> to lose a lot of weight. You, then you'll get back into a good spot because you'll be so hot. She'll have yeah. to forgive you. <laughs> you can upgrade, bro. <laughs> Okay, so hope that helps, man. Hang in there. Yeah, right. hang in there. I'm sorry, man. That's uh, I I I know that uh, it's it's tough to be on both sides of that. So I'm I'm very sorry. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, it's that's it, you did a terrible thing, but you didn't get behind the wheel in a blackout and kill someone. Yeah, you know, it's 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 why it's wild to me sometimes. As much as I I love booze, it is the most dangerous drug. Yeah, and it, I think it's the most dangerous because it's like the most normalized. I hate using that. It's a word, you know, it's a combination of how of how bad it is, how much it affects your 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 decision making skills and things, and how much it takes grip on you without you realizing, and also how available. Yeah, anyone, anyone can get it. Anyone, mm -hmm. you know, anyone. Uh, let's let's turn out this dark alley. Uh, are you ready for the, the third call? Um, yeah, let's hear this third call. Okay, so I, yeah, I feel bad. I I hope I wasn't. Uh, let, let, I, no, let's, I, let's, I feel like I wasn't funny enough there no, to get no, this guy out of it. About, <laughs> about that, and B, you're always going to be funny. Look at your face. Come on, guys. Shit. 
yes. feel bad drinking a beer while I get going. To right. <laughs> Please. It's only, it's like middle of the afternoon here. Otherwise I join you, but, um, and I got a kid. So then let me, let's, let's place a gentleman's wager. Do you think this one's going to be super serious or hilarious? Uh, well, see, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a silly one. And I, and I bet you a thousand dollars. Oh, I'm a gambling addict. Did I not tell you that? <laughs> I have been putting like $2 a night on it, the NBA. And uh, it's, that's been a motivator for me to get through the night. Oh yeah. I, my, my, I always just, I bet on every game when I go to Vegas, beginning nice. of the day, go bet on fucking everything. And I love it. I never win. I, I never win when I do it. Nope. It's fun. Nope. There goes another 10. Gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Renee roll the, I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, so you're betting what good, ha happy or no. I think it'll be happy. Okay, I'm gonna bet uh, dark as fuck. Roll number three. <laughs> Hello, Matt. My name is Ian. I'm from Berlin. That's in Illinois, outside Chicago. I'm a musician that tries to incorporate humor within my sets, sometimes with the songs themselves, but usually just keeping things fun for the crowd with the in-between banter. It seems to me that comedy is a form of live entertainment that most relies on crowd interaction to gauge if what you're doing is working or not. The energy, the room, the timing, uh, the quality of the sound, yada, yada. Uh, and my question is, I guess with the past year wreaking so much havoc with live entertainment, how has it affected your judgment as a performer on what stuff you create is funny? And do you trust yourself to know what works? Or do you still try to find ways to test material on an audience or a crowd or your family or friends uh, before you take your bits to the next level? How do you know what's funny, I guess, is my ultimate question, without a crowd. Thanks. Have a good well, one. it looks like we... <laughs> uh, it's not, it's yeah. Dark and it's... yeah, it didn't fit either. didn't fit either. Uh, both won, both lost. Um, dude, it, you know, I think you just you just know what makes you laugh, and that's the only thing you can rely on. I think your problem is, not to be like, you have a problem, but you're, you, you, you kind of do because you're approaching it from, what do people want? They want what you think is funny. And that's the only way you can only barometer to trust in this whacked out, crazy, mixed up world. Like that's all <laughs> you can count on, man. You can't anytime, and I've said this before, anytime I've been like, this is what they want. I don't like oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, I've ate my dick. Yeah. It never works. So that never goes away. I, I was pleasantly surprised. I did an outdoor show on Sunday. And I did a bit that I thought of that day. And it crushed. And it was like, ooh, nice but I didn't expect it to. Um, and it, that was like, but, but like I did it because I thought it was funny because it was just a fucking ridiculous, an absolutely ridiculous thing to say. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, that's all you can go by. And that doesn't, that's the cool thing. That doesn't change. We are not music producers going, how can I keep up with the latest hot trends when the clubs <laughs> are closed? We're fucking dumb dumbs and dodos. And, you know, it doesn't sound like you want to make the kind of music that uh, Katy Perry is going to buy a track from you or something. So it doesn't matter, man. You know, or Billie Eilish, whoever's hot right now. But you get my point. So take some pressure off yourself. What's funny is always going to be funny in your mind to you. And just, just go with that. True. I was going to say, I, I feel like I've... I, I think you're totally right. Uh, you're right on the money there, Matt. But I will say it, this helped me realize that a little more because 
you're not going up in front of crowds that often. I, this is the most time I've had off of stand up in a long time where I do it, you know, maybe twice a month lately. Uh, I'll do zoom shows or the occasional rooftop if the weather's nice enough or if they have heaters or whatever, but I haven't been doing a lot. And it, it made me do exactly, it, it, exactly what you said, where you don't have a crowd to tell you what's funny. Yeah, it made me lean more into oh well, I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want then because if we're doing these Zoom shows where the audience you're never sure if they're how particip- participatory they are, and so you're like why would I say something that I don't why why would I say something just to get the reaction I I want to do it for myself and yeah. then I took that stuff to the actual stand up and I was like oh that shit of course works better because that's how it is if, why would anybody not what like what are you doing if not trusting yourself? I too often I realized, you know, I, I I'm a comedy store uh, paid regular, and too often I would go there and feel the pressure of that room. Yes, the seller's the same way. Yeah, be like, yeah, and be like, I better do good. Where it's like I should have just been like, you know what, man? This is still one of my favorite tattoos of all time. I saw it on someone's leg. I saw a picture of it. John Candy from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with a mustache and like a laurel wreath, like he's a Roman god. And it <laughs> says, uh, uh, go ahead, make fun. But you know what? I like me. Under his- <laughs> it's like, you have to have that in you where you're like, you know what? I might fucking eat shit, but like, I, 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 I like my comedy and I like the, thing that, uh, the things I've done and I've been doing this for 20 fucking years. So yeah. I'm going to like this and you're probably going to like this. I'm not going to trot out something. I'm like, well, this does well, but I'm sick of it. And it's like, I was doing that and mixing it up, but it's like, I mean, next time I go to comedy store, I'm just going to talk about like whatever I think is funny that I, that I've haven't done that much. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it feels so much more vital. You know? Yeah. It's, it's almost been a nice like little wake up call because I was doing the same thing. There were time there were situations where I was like, I need to kill on this one. And if I don't, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. So I got to try out the big guns and then I would be sick of that shit. Yeah. And, and also a lot of the time when you do that, you're not even do the worst feeling is when you don't even kill doing the thing that you didn't oh. want to do. And then yeah. you're, you want to blame somebody. And it's like, you can only blame yourself. Like you're, you're like, I'm the one I'm my own person making me do these things. Why would I do a set that I didn't care to do? Yeah, and exactly. so I think I'm hoping that I carry, I keep that same energy coming out of this shit because I, I want to only do shit that I really enjoy, you know, performing and hopefully that energy of being in the moment because you're performing something you care about d- will make things go as well as they can, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm freaked out, man. <laughs> this stuff does freak me out. I am too. not doing stand up all the time. I'm so used to doing it, you know, every day. I'm so used yeah, to doing you, it every day and not doing it for weeks at a time. There's that thing you see comics we know who are still doing it every day. And I'm like, all I can think is like, Oh no, I'm falling behind. I'm not, I'm not keeping up with this person because they're doing it all the time. And it's, it really fucks with me. It is wild. If you would have talked to me a week ago, I'm sure, I'm sure I would have been far more shook than I am now because I did that show on Sunday. I stood in the back of a pickup truck and it's like, I don't, off the top of my head, I can't remember the last time I did 
there was I did I have done outdoor shows, but I can't remember the last one. It's been so it's been so long. Um, but it was just like, oh, I'm a little shaky, but I'm still getting some some fucking some jabs. I'm some good mm-hmm. ones in. I've got I'm getting because it's just like I'm also just like because it because they they I got a I got an, I got a laugh and then one didn't go that well and I went man I don't care it's been a while you guys and I got an applause break because it was just, uh. because, it, because they felt like they felt the realness of it I yeah. didn't get on there on that truck and go haven't done this in a while here we go I mean that would have got a laugh but it's just like I wanted to just go you know like I would say like no one will ever be funnier than David Tell. And Dave Attell will just get on stage and just go right into like, wow, like he right, he just, there's no intro. It's just, I yeah. just, I'm going to say this insane thing and you're going to come with me, you know, like <laughs> get in the car. We're going somewhere fun. That's how he always is. It's like, yeah. Uh, Roy, uh, uh, Roy, Roy Wood Jr. Oh, yeah, where, where you get that, that one of the all time spe- best special openers. Yeah. Where, where, where he, up there with Eddie Pepitone's I'm on Molly right off the bat. And that is, so is good. where he just gets on stage and as if you've been talking with him for a while goes, but if we get rid of the Confederate flag, like just, <laughs> wait, where, where are we going? And it's hilarious. So because you're just like, I'm fucking locked in. So it's like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to get on that truck and start talking about the truck or whatever, you know? So it's like, but it's wild. you you definitely, you definitely will, there will there are right now times this is the time where we're all doubting it but it's like it's gonna come back because people need it we're not all with 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 all due respect to people who play the recorder we're not going man when are people gonna want to hear me jam out on the recorder again you know what's so funny is that uh when you brought up a tell i almost said this but he's been playing recorder on stage and it's so oh, funny yeah. it's been his whole thing is he throughout his set he just plays the recorder and it's such an absurd thing because it's like know. it's such a dumb instrument and he's like no i know how to do it and he like knows he just plays the recorder it's very he'll do it for like a while too. it's so funny uh and when it's one of those things that when people describe it to you, you're like, ah, I get it. And then you see it, you got to see it. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, CJ Sullivan had a slide whistle in Chicago. <laughs> and I remember he, he, we, we did this roast. It was like, he's like, he's like, uh, Matt Bronger, uh, uh, cut off, cut off, uh, cut off his beard. Nice uh, shave for the summertime. You know, like, but like he had one where he was just like, my uh, my girlfriend found a way to cre- express herself creatively. Oh, that's good. With a twenty-page suicide note. <laughs> he had he just pulled that note a long time, staring at someone. Like <laughs> twenty pages. Like I have to read it all. It's too long. <laughs> just tack, 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 tack. That's it's, beautiful. That's back to our our stupidness, yeah. our love of stupidity. Like. A tell playing a fucking, basically a flute, a wooden, mm. a wooden wood woodland flute, that like was made to like lure kids out of houses and shit. That fucking dumb tune. It's it's genius. It's also funny. You know what I love about it is like this industry. And sorry, I know this isn't helpful advice anymore, but it's like in a in a city where it's like so much of what you think of like an Atel type is this like gruff, yeah. like 
it's like dark you see like a seedy alley and then you see a tell or something and then it's like it's like keeping it real like that brand of comedy almost it, it, that's what i think might people might put him in that in that area and then he fucking pulls out a recorder and it's the silliest person you've ever seen and it's like that's the what i love about comedy and seeing somebody just go fuck all of this i'm gonna play a recorder ridiculous so (laughs) it's so good so good well dude thanks so much for being on the show you were fantastic thanks Uh, so much for having me man this was great i had such a fun time seeing you and uh doling out some advice uh that one i feel bad about still but uh the rest of it's been fun Thanks, man. It, 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 was, it was great seeing you. My, my baby's screaming, so I got to go get her, but uh, this was, this oh, was yeah. great job. Great dude. to see you, man. You too, man. Well, that was awesome, but I had to go get my screaming kid. Hi, babe. If you want any advice from an old dad, call 323-763-0228. Again, that's 323-763-0228. Thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.